So today we are so fortunate to have this great Sarvatrik Prabhu from Mayapur, India. And Prabhuji will enlighten us on Shrimad Bhagavatam 5.18.14 verse. So please take over the call Prabhuji. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Mataji. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam. Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narutamam. Devim Sarasitim Vyasam Tato Jayamudirayat. Nashta Prayesha Baddeshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavati Naishtaki Krishna Swadamo Bhagate. Dharma Gyana Divi Sahakalo Nashta Deshamesha Paranako Dunodita. Today we're reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 18, Text 14. Tasmadrajo Raga Vishadamanyu Manaspriha Bayadayadimamtidimulam Itvagriham Sansati Chakravalam Nishingapadam Vajanakutubayam Iti Tasmad, therefore, Raja of passion or material desires, Raga, attachment for material things, Vishada, then disappointment, Manyu, anger, Manaspriha, the desire to be respectable in society, Baya, fear, Dainya, of poverty, Adimulam, the root cause, Hitva, giving up, Griham, household life, Sansati, Chakravalam, the cycle of repeated birth and death, Nishingapadam, the lotus feet of Lord Nishingadev, Bajata, worship, Akutobayam, the shelter of fearlessness, Iti, thus. <coughs> Translation, therefore, O demons, give up the so-called happiness of family life and simply take shelter of the lotus feet of Lord Nishingadev, which are the actual shelter of fearlessness. Entanglement in a family life is the root cause of material attachment indefatigable desires, moroseness, anger, despair, uh, despair, fear, and the desire for false prestige, all of which result in the repetition of birth and death. Om Ajnana Timirantasya Ajnana Anjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militanjena Tismay Shri Gurave Nama Namam Vishnupadaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharine Nirvishesha Shandyavadi Paschatyade Shatarine Vande Nantad Bhutashrayam Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nichopi Yat Prasadat Sad Bhakti Shastra Vartika Nityananda Maham Nomi Sarvananda Karam Param Harinama Param Devam Babaduta Shiromanim Nilachala Nivasaya Nityaya Paramatnane Balabhadra Subhadrabhyam Jaganataya Te Namaha Bansha Kalpatu Bhishcha Kripa Sindhu Kevachapati Tanam Pabini Bhyo Vaishnavi this verse, uh, if you're looking in your Bhagavatam, you'll see that there is no trans- there is no purport. Chilo Prabhupada hasn't given a, a purport to this verse, but in consideration of its importance and its relationship to the previous several verses, I thought to speak on this also because a completely different topic 
arises in the next verses. So instead of skipping over, I thought we can discuss this verse here today. Now this is one of many verses <coughs> that give a very negative impression of household life. But we should carefully understand the difference between Grihasta life and Grihamedi life. Grihasta life is not condemned throughout Shastra because doing so means that approximately 95% of the population, devotee population is condemned. That there's no hope. Simply you'll be uh, entangled in family life as it says here, root cause of material attachment, indefatigable desires, moroseness, anger, despair, etc. Is that what's uh, on the agenda for every grihasta? No. This is on the agenda for grihamedi people who think that the home and wife and sense gratification and bank balance and prestige and respect in society and good job if they persons who think this is the goal of life and there's nothing more to be achieved than this, this verse applies to this kind of person. Now it's also true because we understand truth from Shastra. Nashastra Videmuchajavartekamakaratanoti If we want elevation in this life, we have to follow Shastravidi. What does Shastra tell us? Without that, there's no perfection, there's no happiness, there's no elevation. So we want all those things. So we follow Shastra. We have faith in the instructions of the Lord and his representatives as they appear in Shastra. Now, Shastra also tells us that the whole material experience, the, whole, the, the relationship between man and woman is the cause of attachment. Pumsa mita, uh, pumsa that the pumsastriya, the attachment between man and woman, is the basic principle of material life. And if we think about it carefully, it's the basic principle of all life. How does how does life how is life generated between male and female? Whether it's between male and female worm, or reptile or quadruped, mammal, devata, everything is coming from this pumsastriya, mitini bhavam, the attraction between man and woman. Now, in Krishna consciousness, we know how to use that. It's said that man is like butter and woman is like fire. So when butter gets close to fire, what happens? Butter melts. So the Shastra is telling us that one should avoid the association of women. But there's also something very wonderful that comes when you put butter and fire together, and that is ghee. Because with ghee, we perform sacrifice. We please the Lord. We offer ghee in the fire of sacrifice, swaha, swaha. We offer ghee, delicious foodstuffs, cooked in ghee to the Lord. Ghee is an essential principle of sacrifice. In fact, <laughs> it is a trick question, but Yudhishthira was asked by Dharmaraj, what is the most uh, important food? And Yudhishthira answered, cow. Some of them may think, what? We don't eat cows. They said, no, no. Cow is most important because from cow, we get milk. 
and from milk we get butter, and from butter we get ghee, and with ghee we please the Lord. Most important food is coming from cow. So from butter and fire we get something very important called ghee. And the same thing in Krishna consciousness, we get something very important in spiritual life. We utilize this principle, mitani bhavam, the attraction between male and female, we utilize this for our advancement in spiritual life. Srila Prabhupada gave a nice example. He said if you step on a thorn and you can't pull it out with your fingers, if you take another thorn, you can pull that thorn out using a thorn. You pull out a thorn with a thorn. The thorn is causing you pain, but with the same thorn you can remove the source of pain. So in the same way, that which causes bondage to this world in Grihamedi life, a married life without Krishna, can be the which is the cause of bondage. The same relationship can be the cause of liberation. And probably give another example. He said, just like if one is uh, very addicted to eating milk products, doing so may cause some indigestion in the stomach. But what is the cure? You take another milk product, dahi, and you mix some black salt and some cumin and other digestive elements in the dahi and some salt and that same milk product can cure that which the disease that was caused by milk products so in the same way grihastha life a life with krishna centered life is the cause of liberation is it that no grihastha can go back to godhead that's a foolish idea this is this is a misunderstanding of Shastra. So when we read verses like this, that repetition of birth and death, or what is the use? I'm a grihasta. I have a wife and children and job. I have a husband to take care of, and house and home and social responsibilities. I'm I'm doomed. There's no liberation for me. That's not true. Does does it matter whether one leaves this world from the grihasta ashram? or from one of the Chagi ashrams, Vanaprastha ashram, Brahmachari ashram, Sanyas ashram, which are all geared for persons in the renounced order of life, to one degree or another, all renounced order of life. Are Grihastas doomed to, be, to repeated birth and death in this material world? No, when we add Krishna to the formula, we add Krishna to the relationship, it's the cause of liberation. But we should understand that Krishna has to be added. And to the extent Krishna is added to our family life, to that extent we're liberated. It's not a show bottle that you put on a dhoti, you put on a sari, a tilak, a kantimala. Now Krishna has probably liked, he appreciated this Vaishnava standard and dress. He encouraged it for a couple of reasons. First, it's a satric way of living. And second, it advertises our understanding of Krishna consciousness, our uh, filiality, our commitment to spiritual life, to show, yes, I am a member of ISKCON. Because when people see you, they think, oh, there's a Hare Krishna. In fact, in the old days, when we go on Hare Nam, people were just astonished. They'd look at us shaven-headed, tilak, dhoti, sari, and, the, and dancing and singing on the streets of major U.S. cities, and they think, Where's your spaceship? Where did you guys come from? What planet are you from? Now it's different because there's a couple generations of people that have grown up knowing of these people, Hare Krishna people, and they sing and they dance and they dress in their own way. 
So it's different now, but back in the old days, people would think, where are you from? What planet are you from? Where's your spaceship? When are you going back to Mars? And that's what it was. And they would they would laugh and joke, and, and sometimes uh, extreme acts of violence also, throwing rotten food, throwing stones, physically attacking devotees. It was a very difficult time in the history of ISKCON. So we're, we proudly wear devotional clothes, but the clothes don't make the devotee. It's not that by having a particular kind of haircut that you become dear to Krishna. Rather, we have to develop the qualities of a devotee. Some of you, uh, that, uh, those qualities that endear us to the Lord. And that's what is important. And we can develop that in any ashram. In the Bhagavad Gita, in the 12th chapter, there's a whole list uh, of things that endear us, qualities that endear us to the Lord. Uh, this person becomes dear to me who cultivates these qualities and it begins someone who's free from envy for, for all living beings. Someone who's free from envy. That's a difficult thing. In this material world, our tendency is to be envious of someone else. Like, why did they get a son or daughter? I don't have a son or daughter. Why did they get a race? Why do they have such an opulent lifestyle? Nice car, bigger home, bigger facility. Why not me? Why do they have a better position? Why do they get respect? Why do they this, this, this? And it's all based on I, me, mine. <coughs> thinking oneself, the most significant person in the creation of God, and envying someone else who has something that they consider to be greater than their own uh, style of opulence. So envy is to be kicked out. We can be lusty for Krishna. We can be greedy for Krishna. We can be angry for Krishna. But you cannot be envious for Krishna. We have to kick out envy. Because in this society, and actually... Who is a devotee? Dharma projita kaitarvatra paramo nirmatsaranam satam. Devotee is identified as that person who is nirmatsarata. Matsarata means envy, and Prabhupada explains that envy is manifest by the feeling of not being able to tolerate seeing another person's advancement. From to see another person become more wealthy more recognized, more appreciated, uh, all these other perks of material life, we become disturbed. That is matsarata. But who is a devotee? Near matsarata, who kicks out envy. This is the first quality that's mentioned here. Envy is a very negative quality and, and it cripples our heart. So the, the, the antidote for that is to appreciate that this person is blessed by Krishna. Who are we actually envious of? We're actually envious of Krishna because they're manifesting the opulence of Krishna. The opulence of Krishna, the blessing of Krishna has come to them and we envy the person. But our real root cause of the disease is that we are envious of Krishna. If we give up that, then we can be completely free from the feeling of envy towards all living beings. And this is the first thing that's mentioned in the list of things that make us dear to the Lord. 
Adveshta Sarvabhutana, Maitra, Karuna, Evacha. Maitra means friendship. We should develop friendly relationships with devotees. This is also an antidote to envy. Because you can't really be friends with someone you're envious of. It may be externally friendly. You know, Haribo Prabhu, Haribo Mataji, so happy to see you. But you're unhappy to see the new car they just bought. Or the new house. <laughs> or the new house they just bought. We can't really develop heart-to-heart relationships, friendship, unless we become free from envy. And to act on the, the actual platform, heart-to-heart friendship is the solution to envy. So maitra means friendship. Karuna, uh, in a general way, means mercy. Srila Prabhupada translates it as kind, to be kindly. So this is also the nature of devotee, to be kind to other persons, to be interested in their welfare, to, to feel hurt in their hurt, to be unhappy in their unhappiness, unhappy in their happiness. In the material world, the opposite is there. If someone is, is experiencing some difficulty, some setback in their life, we think, oh, good, they deserve that. I'm glad it didn't happen to me. It's good for them. Ah, ah, ah. This is the opposite of devotees. Devotee feels pain to see, should feel pain to see the suffering of another living being, especially the suffering of a devotee. So we, sh- we should have a kindly attitude, friendly attitude towards devotees and be happy in their happiness. When there's a birth in the family, we should feel joy. Another Vaishnava, another Vaishnava has come to Prabhupada's movement, to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. When there's a wedding, we should feel happy for them. When there's a promotion, when there's a new home, where there's a raise, where there's some happy situation, we should feel happy and joyous in the happiness of other devotees. These are the, these are the characteristics that are mentioned here that make us dear to the Lord. Uh, Nirmama means nothing is mine. In material life, we think the absolute opposite. We think everything is mine. This whole world is meant for my enjoyment. I am the enjoyer. I am the controller. I am the enjoyer. I am perfect, powerful, and happy. Krishna describes this as demoniac mentality. Devotee knows by introspection, nothing is actually mine. That every atom of the universe Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intellect, ego, everything is Krishna's. Every atom of the universe belongs to him, but we think, I can own something. It is mine. This is illusion. Our own body is not our own. Because we can't hold on to it. How long can we hold on to our life? It's taken away every so with every rising and setting of the sun, our duration of life is diminished. How can we even hold on to our own body? But we say, it is my body. It is my home, my car. This is illusion. Ahamamaiti. Everything is mine. This is complete illusion. It's not ours to enjoy, and it's not ours to renounce also. If a man goes into a bank, stands up in a chair, says, attention everyone, please give me your, give me your ear, I have an announcement to make. Today, I renounce all the money in this bank, everything in the cash drawer, everything in the vault. You can have your wallet, you can have your watch, you can have your wedding ring. I renounce it all. 
they'll throw the guy out. You're a madman. You're crazy. Get out of here. Because it's not his. How can you renounce something that, you, that doesn't belong to you? And if someone comes in with a gun and says, give me all the money, then he's a criminal and he'll go to jail for a long time. It's not yours to take, to steal, to use, some, to take something that doesn't belong to you, and it's not ours to renounce. What is the solution? To use everything. Renunciation means to use everything, to use what belongs to the Lord, in the service of the Lord. So in Grihastha life, we have homes, we have bank balance. Grihastha life means you're dealing with money. You have to deal with money. You have children to support, wife to support, husband to support, home to mortgages and responsibilities and electric bill, utility bill, water bill, tax, tax, tax. So many responsibilities are there. But when we do that in relationship with Krishna, when you make your home, not just a home, my home, what you think, this is my mandir. I'm worshipping uh, Giridhari, Radha Giridhari. I'm worshipping Gopal. I'm worshipping Shalagram, Giriraj, Gornitai, Jagannath. And this is their home, and I live in this home as their servitor. Then the, this is the solution to the whole problem. Srila Bhakti Nautakura prayed, Manasa Deho Geho Yoki Chumor Apriluntu Apade Nandikishor. Oh, Nandikishor. My mind, my body, my home. And every little thing that I think is mine, I offer to you. Because it's yours. So, this idea of everything is mine, is solved by Krishna consciousness. It doesn't mean that we don't live a comfortable life. By the grace of God, He, he gives His devotee special consideration. Devotees, by and large, have very comfortable life. But we understand this is Krishna's mercy. I'm accepting it as his prasad. And I use whatever opulence comes to me to serve him, to please him, to make him happy, to give him what is his. This is the whole art of living in this material world in Grihastha Ashram. So, where, where are we at? Uh, Nirahankar. Nirmama means nothing is mine. Nirahankar. Nirahankar means that I'm not this body. This is revolutionary idea in human society. Devotees are actually the only true revolutionaries. All these big, big revolutionaries, Mao and Churchill and Che Guevara and Albert Schweitzer, all these people who had uh, as an alternative uh, idea for the happiness of society, all gone, all useless, never changed anything. Devotees are actual revolutionaries because this idea, ahamamati, uh, that ahankar, nirahankar, that I am not my body, this is the most revolutionary idea because the whole world is going on under this principle. I am my body and I will be very happy by pleasing the needs of my body, which means pleasing my senses. And this will make me happy. But Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, this is impossible. The desire to please our body is the cause of our unhappiness. He says in Gita, Yehi sansparasa jaboga 
Dukkha Yoniya Evite, Ajantavantakonteya Nate Shu Ramate Buddha. That sense sparse bhog, sense gratification is the cause of our unhappiness. Dukkha Yoniya. Where does unhappiness come from? Dukkha Yoniya Evite, from sense sparse bhoga, trying to enjoy our body. This is the cause of our unhappiness. It's a cause of repeated birth and death. It has its beginning. Sense gratification has its beginning and it has its end. Any kind of sense gratification, analyze. Any kind of sense gratification has its beginning and its end. Therefore, an intelligent person doesn't take pleasure there. This is a revolutionary idea. This Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita is meant Viplava means revolution, to create a revolution in the impious lives of society's misdirect in, and misdirected society. They don't know how to be happy. They're thinking they're, 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 stri- they're insane. Stri- striving for happiness just creates more distress because they don't understand this principle, nirahankara, that I'm not my body. This body is a vehicle. How can I be blood and fat and skin and hair and muscles and internal organs, brain, heart, lungs, spleen, kidney, uh, pancreas, stomach? What part of that is you? Are you a stomach? We have a stomach and we have to feed it every day. But it's not you. It's my stomach. It's not me stomach. You're different from your stomach. You're different from your body. This is Nirahankar. You're not free from a hunkar thinking I am this body. This is a revolutionary idea and if we practice that we become dear to the Lord. This is one of the principles in this list that makes us dear to the Lord. This means that one should be uh, equal in happiness and distress. Typically people live their life in such a way to avoid as much as possible distress and to embrace as much as possible material happiness. But a devotee, by introspection, understands what is the re- what relationship does it have to me, the spirit soul? Nothing. Happiness and distress are manudharma. They exist only in our mind. We think this will make me happy, that will make me distressed, so I'm embracing it. this material conception of happiness I'm rejecting this. This will make me... But who are you? That people don't ask. That they don't understand. Material happiness and distress have no relationship whatsoever to the Atma. The soul is aloof from all of that. Happiness and distress, again, is based on what? Sansparshbog, our senses, and our mind and senses. So a devotee, Samadukha Sukashami, he is happy he's equal in happiness and he's happy and in distress. He's not overwhelmed when there's some distressful thing because he understands the devotee should understand very uh, carefully that this is the world of unhappiness. Krishna says uh, it is mm, uh, uh, temporary and and miserable. Sukale, I'm, uh, I'm forgetting the verse. 
Mm. Anyway, it's a temporary, and, and this is the nature of the world. We forget the world we're living in because we're absorbed in the hope that it's never really to be fulfilled, the hope for happiness. They, okay, I'm really miserable now, but you know things will get better, things will get better, but this is the duale, dwandva mohina bharata. We're overwhelmed by the, the nature of this dukalayam ashashvatam. This world, Krishna says, is dukalayam. It's the place of suffering. And ashashvatam, we can't stay here, but what are people striving for? They want to make it sukalayam shashvatam. Happy and eternal. But we can't be happy and eternal, e- eternal here in this world. That is the spiritual world. But everyone in the whole, this is the illusion of material life. Everyone is striving hard to be happy and live here eternally. It can never happen. So devotees, samudukha sukha, he's ha- equal in happiness and distress. And shami, it means he's forgiving. We should for- People make some minor offense to you. They don't give you proper respect. They gossip about you. They offend you in some way. They make some slanting remark, some critical remark. Forgive them. Because if you enter into that, then you're part of the problem. If you say to them, you can't say that to me, don't you know? Then if you enter into the argument, if you gossip back about them, then you're part of the problem. Then you're no better than they are. So we should be like duck, buttock. Duck can be sitting in the water and won't even get wet. You can pour liters of water on the back of a duck and it will never get wet. That's his nature. So we should be like that in our social interactions. People gossip. People make critical remarks. People may say something to you that disturbs your mind. Be like duck. Let it just flow off. Don't be influenced by it. Because if you do, if you say something back, then you're part of the problem. So, Shami, be forgiving. Santushta, satatam yogi. Santushta means to be always satisfied. This is the great art of life. A satisfied person is a happy person. A person who is unsatisfied can never be happy. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, uh, that lust burns like fire and is never satisfied. You can't satisfy a flame by giving it more fuel. It will simply burn hotter. And this was what happened in the early 1900s in the city of Chicago. I don't know if any of you from Chicago, but there was great. they called the Great Fire of Chicago. A lady was milking her cow in the barn and the cow was having a bad day. It knocked over the lantern, kerosene lantern. And the lantern caught the straw on fire. The straw caught the barn on fire. The barn caught the neighborhood on fire. The neighborhood caught the city on fire. And half the city burned down from one flame. You can't extinguish a flame by supplying fuel to it. But in due course of time, what will happen to that flame? If you don't supply fuel, it will extinguish itself. It can't burn without fuel. So to be satisfied, we should not try to su- supply the fuel of material desire to the burning need of kama, of lust. Kama rupena, Krishna says. Konteya, oh konteya, this, this lust, desire to, to enjoy can never be satisfied. 
but if we're satisfied by, by the with the bounty of the Lord, the things that He's given us, if we acknowledge in our life the things that He's already given us and be happy with that, then we can be happy in this life instead of this burning desire to get more and more and more. Because there's always something more. There's always more fuel for the fire. But if we allow the fire to burn itself out, then we become happy. Become happy. So this is good advice. Who is satisfied? And, and more than that, more than just counting your material assets in life and being satisfied without, if you really want to be satisfied, look at your life and count those things in your life that money cannot buy. Is there love in your life? Is there happiness? Is there Krishna Bhakti, a relationship with God? You can't buy that. You can't buy love. You can't buy relationships between family members. Those things don't have a price on them. How many things are in your life that money can't buy? Then you'll know what is your wealth. Because in this world, people who have, typically, people who have the most material wealth are most unhappy. Because they're thinking, how will I keep it? The government wants to take it. My family wants to take it. The thieves want to take it. Everyone wants my money. You don't even know who is my friend. or Do they want my friendship? Do they care about me? Or they just want my money? So money is a problem in that way. But if we are satisfied with our life, then we become happy. Because you can't get more. You can't get more than you're destined, and you can't get less also. This is Srila Prabhupada's instruction to us, and it's also coming from Shastra, that you can't get more in your life than you're destined to have by your karma, and you can't get less than you're destined to have by your karma. This is why Bhagavatam tells us, Tasyaiva heto prayate te kovido, nalabhyate yad bhamatam uparida, talabhyate dukkha vidanyata sukam, kalena sarvatra gabira rangasa. That one should endeavor for that priceless thing that's not available wandering from Satyalok down to Patanalok. What is that? Krishna Bhakti. Devotion to God. Satisfaction of the heart. Satisfaction of the soul. As far as material prosperity is concerned, Bhagavatam says, that comes automatically just as in due course of time you will get distress. Nobody prays to the, goes to the masjid, the mandir, the gurudwara, the church, the synagogue, folds their hands, bows down and prays to God, give me trouble, please give me distress, make me unhappy, burn my house down, give me some horrible, incurable, deadly disease, please let me lose my job. No one prays to God for this. No one prays for unhappiness, but doesn't unhappiness and challenge come to every single person's life in due course of time? Any honest person will say yes. Unhappiness is there in my life. To some degree, at some time or other, unhappiness has come. And if it hasn't, mark my words, it will come. This is the nature of this material world. Krishna's Bhagavatam is telling us that happiness, material prosperity, satisfaction, comes in the same way. You don't have to pray for it. Everyone goes to God, begging God, please give me this, give me this, give me, give me, give me. No one's asking, what can I do for you? They're praying for that which is also already destined to come to you. If it's not destined to come, it will never come. 
It's like if someone goes to God, goes to God, and say they lose their hand in a horrible auto accident or industrial accident. Now, can God give their hand back? What can't He do? But is it fruitful to go to the mandir and say, "Please, Lord, give me my hand. It's not meant to happen. It's gone." So rather than lamenting for what you've lost, better to be satisfied with what you have. Be satisfied with what you have because that is coming by your karma. You can't get more and you can't get less. This is the, the secret of how to be happy in this world. Santushta. And satatam yogi. Satatam, always be a yogi. What is yoga? Yoga doesn't mean twisting your body. Asana. This is the cheating that goes on all over the world. International Yoga Day, and they sit and they do asana. Asana is one-eighth part of Ashtanga Yoga. It's one-eighth part. Asana is the incomplete fraction of the Patanjali Yoga system. It's given by Patanjali Muni. It's one-eighth part. Yam Niyam, and they don't want to hear. Rules and regulations. Can, where does yoga begin? Yoga Indriya Samyama. <laughs> Yoga begins with controlling your senses. That they don't want to hear. They only want to hear you're going to become healthy. You're going to lose weight. You're going to have a more vibrant uh, life of sense enjoyment. Oh yes, let us do yoga. This is not yoga. Yoga means to link with Krishna. Yogi namapi sarvesham madgantanantaratmana shadhavam bhajate yomam samayuktatamomataha what is Krishna's opinion? Yoga means bhajate yo mam. Worship me. This is yoga. Not this other chi. No one can do Ashtanga yoga in this age. It's impossible. We read in Bhagavad Gita. What, are the, what is the yogi doing? He's sitting in a sacred place. Where will you find sacred place today? In the mall? <laughs> they do yoga. You can go to a yoga studio in a mall. In the strip malls, they have these yoga studios. And you buy your little yoga outfit and a yoga mat, and you go and you do asana with your yoga girlfriend. This is all bogus. Yoga means worship Krishna. Yoga means jnana avastita tagatena manasa yoginaha. What are the yogis, what are the bona fide yogis doing? They're meditating on the Lord in the heart. So what is our practice of yoga? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. To hear Krishna's name, to meditate on Krishna, who is present within your heart, who is present within your, on your altar, in the form of the deity, in the form of the mandir, the form of prasadam, the form of shastra. In your own heart, meditate. This is yoga. Not just twisting your body. This is all bogus. But this is Kali Yuga, and people are easily cheated. So Satatam Yogi, always be a yogi. Mayarpita Mano Buddhir, Mam, then it goes on, Satatam Yogi. I'm not remembering the rest of the verses. Anyway, these are the principles of devotional life that mentioned in Bhagavad Gita. How to become dear Yomi Bhakta Same Priyaha. How to become Krishna Priya, to become dear to Krishna. And it begins, Advaita Sarva giving up envy of other, of other living beings. And there's many sections in Shastra describe the qualifications of a devotee that we should cultivate in our Rihasta Ashram. 
Because ashram means the place where we find shelter. Brahmachari ashram for people that are naturally inclined for a life of simplicity and renunciation. Sannyas ashram for a life of dedication, of travel and renunciation. So Grihastha ashram facility is there for some limited sense enjoyment. Husband and wife, children, prosperity, bank account, no problem. But the principle is to cultivate whatever ashram a person finds himself by his destiny. The principle is to cultivate these qualities of Krishna Bhakti that endear us to Krishna. So in another place in Shastra and Bhagavatam, we, we hear uh, in the instructions of Kapila Muni to his mother, Devahuti, Tatikshava Karunika Surada Sarvadehinam Ajata Shattava Shanta Sadava Sadubhushanam that Tatikshava, that these are the sadhubhushanam, the ornaments of a sadhu. Again, devotee doesn't mean just someone who dresses like a devotee. Because the dress doesn't make the devotee. The quality of the heart, the quality of a person's nature, what kind of devotee is he? Is he, like Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, Gale Mala, he has, he has a Tilak and a Kanti Mala, but he's... Uh, Kali Chela, he's simply a disciple of Kali Yuga. Is this the kind of devotee we want to be? Or do we want to be devotee from the inside? Devotee, heartfelt devotee. Quality of the heart. So first thing mentioned here, Titikshava. Titikshava means to tolerate. Matrasvarsistha kontaya situshna sukudukada Agama Painon Dishnatyas Tamasatikshasva Bharata. These are the qualities of a devotee. That the dualities of material world, can you change it? Can you change the weather? Matrasparshas, weather, our perception of the weather is based on what? Matrasparshas. Again, sparsh, our senses. Oh, it's cold out. Oh, it's so hot. Turn on the AC. Turn on the fan. It's cold out. Turn up, turn up the heat. One time Srila Prabhupada was sitting with devotees in India and he pointed at the ceiling fan. He said, why is there a fan? And the devotees said, well, Srila Prabhupada, it's, it gets hot, so we turn on the fan. And he said, no, 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 why is there a fan? And the devotees couldn't answer. Srila Prabhupada explained there's a fan because the material world is miserable. And we're always trying to counteract the miseries of material life. So when it becomes too hot, we turn on the fan. We turn on the AC. When it's too cold, we turn up the heat. But the nature of this material world is that there's heat and cold. There's happiness and distress, honor and dishonor. There's earthquakes, floods, hurricanes, snowstorm, all different things that come to us beyond our capacity to change it. So what do you do? That you tolerate. You tolerate things you can't change and this is a great asset in the life of a devotee. Because devotee understands what is the nature of this world. And to be able to tolerate without becoming disturbed is a very huge asset in our spiritual life. Okay, windstorm is there, weather is bad, what to do? You tolerate. Other people criticize you, they treat you bad, what to do? Tolerate. 
your own body becomes sick, you have a flu, you have a fever, you have some indigestion, what do you do? Can you change it? You tolerate. Is there any pill just to change? There's no pill to change the nature of the material world. So what is the option? This is Krishna's advice to Arjuna. Things that you can't change. Happiness and distress. Sita, Ushna, winter and summer. Agama, Pai, Just tolerate. So many things in life simply need to be tolerated because you cannot change them. And this is one of the qualities of a devotee that endear us to Krishna that should be cultivated in our ashram, that make our ashram, our grihastha ashram, successful. So first thing to teach us a karunika. Karunika means merciful. We should show mercy to other people. What does that mean? As members of ISKCON, it means to share these principles, these wonderful, invaluable principles of Shastra to the world. Because th these principles of Shastra are the, the, the road map are the instruction manuals for human life. How to live in this world and not become entangled. We're reading here in this verse hmm, that is entanglement in family life is the root cause of material intention. How to become free from entanglement. How to become free from moroseness, anger, despair, fear, desire for false fish. How to become free from the entanglement. Shastra, Shastra Vidhi. Shastra is giving us advice how to become free. So if we don't share that, what kind of devotee are we? We're very selfish devotees, self-interested devotee. Devotee is interested in the welfare of society. And ISKCON exists for that purpose. ISKCON does not exist just for the purpose of ISKCON. We're not self-serving. ISKCON exists for the welfare of society. Prana artha diyavacha shaya acharanam sada. Prana Artidiyavacha Shreya Acharanam Sada. The Krishna told the cowherd boys that one should serve the Lord, one should serve other living beings who are suffering in this world with prana, one's life, his very life, artai, one's wealth, diya, his intelligence, and vacha, his words. This is the devotee. This is, his man this is how we manifest mercy. Mercy doesn't mean building a hospital, distributing food, distributing medicine, distributing blankets. Those are all good things. Don't misunderstand. But they cannot solve the problems of life. A hospital cannot stop death. Even the most well-equipped hospital with the most brilliant doctors, most up-to-date machinery, testing machinery, diagnostic machinery, it cannot solve the problem of death. A hospital is good. Well, I'll need a hospital in due course of time. It's good. But it can't solve the problem. What solves the problem? To teach people how to live in this material world and become free from the entanglements of life. This is the greatest act of mercy, to give Krishna consciousness. So, Tatikshava Karunika, Surada, Sarvadehinam. Surada means to be friendly to other people. We discussed that to some extent in this other verse from Bhagavad Gita, 13th chapter. We should be friendly to people instead of judgmental. The opposite of friendly is judgmental. But sometimes devotees fall into this trap of judge, judging other devotees. Oh, did you know this guy went to the bar, he has a drinking problem? Or this guy, actually, he eats uh, pastry with eggs in it. Such a rascal. And we gossip and we criticize. 
How can you be friendly? This isn't being friendly. It's not being merciful. Don't judge other people because in the course of time, that may be you. You never know what challenges may come to your life. So if we have that attitude in our relationship with each other, in our relationship with the public, people will line up at the door to join ISKCON because everyone wants a friend. Who doesn't want a friend? Everyone wants a friend. But who is a real friend? Is someone who doesn't, who doesn't judge you, who has your interest in life, who wants, to, wants you to be happy, who wants to be prosperous, make progress in spiritual life. This is a friend, not someone who criticizes you. So we should be friendly. When people come to our temple, don't judge them, especially new people. They come with bad habits, every one of them. We all came to the temple with bad habits. And how will they become better if they don't continue to associate with the devotees? But if we drive them out by nitpicking them, oh, you know, are you eating onions and garlic? Is, do you have a murti of Ganesh or a picture of Ganesh in your altar? Then why you, this is, we're ISKCON and we follow four rules and we don't eat onions and garlic and we don't worship devis and devatas. If our presentation of Krishna Bhakti is like that, who will come? Who will feel encouraged? Let them all come with their bad habits and let them chant Krishna's name and let them take prasadam and become sane. In due course of time, they'll understand everything. This is Prabhupada's formula. This is what he did in New York City. These people off the street with no good quality, addicted to sex, addicted to intoxication, addicted to meat-eating. Prabhupada didn't, didn't even mention four rules for a, for a full year. He simply encouraged them to chant Hare Krishna and to take prasadam. This should be our presentation of Krishna consciousness to the public. Our presentation is not our rules. And they're not obliged to follow them unless they're initiated, actually. Prabhupada said so. If you're not initiated devotee, you're not obliged to follow. If you make a vow at initiation to follow, you are obliged to follow. Four rules. Not three and a half. Not three. Four rules. We're obliged to follow. And if we're not, we're, we're cheating. That is, that is where, as individuals, we fall short. But how do we also make progress? How do we become strict in the association of devotees? So we shouldn't nitpick each other. We shouldn't nitpick people that come to our temples and criticize them. We should welcome them, not right out of the gate. These are our rules. What should be our presentation? What's your name? We're so happy you've come to our temple. We're so happy you've come to our Bhakti Briksha group. What do you do? Are you married? Do you have children? Where are you from? Show interest in them. Be friendly. Surida. Surida is also important. Krishna says, Suridam Sarvabhutam. Suridam says, I'm Surit. Surit means like that someone can be your bandhu. Someone can be your... Uh, uh, there's other Sanskrit word I'm not remembering. Anyway, there's different kinds of friends. Surit means that kind of friend who you may... Slap him. And he'll say, oh, has my hard face injured your soft hand? He'll never give up your friendship. He'll never turn against you. No matter what happens, he'll never turn. This is Krishna. And we should be that kind of friend to people who come to our institution. And if we show that in our, in our sanghas, 
people will line up at the door to join us. So Suradam Sarvadehinam Sarvadehinam means to all embodied beings. We shouldn't discriminate. No caste consciousness. I'm a Brahmin. You're a Katya. You're a Vaishya. You're a Shudra. You're a Mlacha Yavana. No discrimination. Sarvadehinam. We should be merciful to all living beings. Welcome them. And in this way, Iskand will grow more and more and more. Ajata Shatrava. Ajata Shatrava means someone whose enemy is never born. Ajata Shatrava means an enemy. Someone may treat you as an enemy, but you'll not respond in kind. You treat me like an enemy, a devotee thinks that's my misfortune. This person is treating me in a harsh way. They're gossiping about me. They're criticizing me. They're treating me harshly. They're scolding me. Devotee thinks, this is my misfortune. It's my bad karma. It's not their problem. It's my problem. Ajata. Ajata. Uh, ajata means never born. So a, a devotee thinks, everyone is my friend. Even my enemy is my friend. Prabhupada said that even your enemy comes to your door, that he's treated with love and respect. Please sit. Please have something to eat. Can I get you water at least? Even your enemy. This is Krishna consciousness behavior. Ajata Shatrava Shanta. Shanta means peaceful. We become peaceful when we become free from our material desires. When we're free from material desires, when our, our desires are satisfied in relationship with Krishna, we become peaceful. We become happy. Needs another we're talking again to remind you we're talking about the qualities we should be cultivating in our ashram to make us dear to Krishna he becomes very happy to see devotee satisfied and peaceful in his lifetime but if we're harassed by material desires one after another where is their peace where is their peace without Krishna consciousness it's a phantasmagoria akasha pushpa flower in the sky illusion there's no peace without Krishna consciousness. There's no happiness without Krishna consciousness. Ajata Shatrava Santa Sadava. Sadava means that we should follow Shastra. As I was saying, Shastra is there to give us good guidance, to teach us how to live in this world and not become entangled in the things mentioned in this verse. Moroseness, anger, despair, fear, desire for false prestige. How to overcome that? By accepting Shastra Vidhi by following the instructions of Shastra. This makes us dear to Krishna, abiding, following Shastra. Sadhu, sadhu, bhushanam. And these are the characteristics of a devotee. So in our ashram, we should cultivate these things. We, we pray every day, nadanam janam, nadanam janam We pray this thing, but are we living this thing? These are the, the characteristics in our heart of hearts that we have to follow. If our heart is full of holes, how can it hold Krishna? And what are those holes? These are the things that are mentioned in this verse. Let's read them again. Material attachment, indefatigable desires, moroseness, anger, despair, fear, and the desire for false prestige, which all, represent, which all will give us another birth in this material world. These are the holes that, are, and we, that exist in our heart and we have to patch those holes by the cultivation of Krishna Bhakti so we can hold Krishna in our heart. Srila Prabhupada would say, 
we should in our mind meditate on building a beautiful asana, a beautiful uh, shingasana for Radha Krishna to sit on. And you can meditate, let it be gold. Let it have a beautiful white silk canopy encrusted with diamonds and emeralds, rubies, sapphires, beautiful silk pillows for them to sit. You should meditate in this way. Let Krishna come and sit in my heart. But he won't be in your heart. Or as we read in Manasiksha, Srila Raghunath Goswami says, as long as the dog-eating prostitute of desire for prestige is dancing in our heart, along with all of the negative qualities, how can Krishna come? How can bhakti come to our heart if all of these neg- other negative qualities are there? So we have to kick out those qualities and it's not going to happen overnight. We cultivate these qualities that we're talking about. We cultivate them gradually. This is our wealth. Just as you cultivate a plant, if you want to grow mango, you put a seed in the ground, you can't expect mango overnight. You can't expect mango in a year, maybe five years down the road. You can expect to get mango. If you take care of the seed. So we're cultivating this bhakti lata bij that we receive at the time of initiation. This is our real wealth. Ramanda Brahmite Kunya Bhagavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prasadi Pai Bhakti Lata Bij. Who is who is actually fortunate? Bhagavan Jeev, who is a truly fortunate person? That person who has the seed, who has received the seed of Bhakti Lata from his Guru. And if we cultivate that that all of these other upasakas, all these unwanted creepers will be forced out of our heart and Radha Krishna can stay in our heart. And these are the characteristics of devotees, that we want this thing, this priceless, invaluable objective of life, of Radha Krishna Prema. And that is available by cultivation. Not overnight, we cultivate these qualities we find all over Shastra. There's another section in 13th chapter also. whole list, like four or five verses of what is, what is knowledge and what is illusion. So many places in, in Bhagavatam. Tapasa, Brahmacharjina, Samena cha, Damena cha, Chagena, Satya, Sochamyam, Yamena, Niyamena, Practicing austerity, celibacy, cleanliness, uh, charity. The whole list. Of, throughout Shastra we find these things. Because this is our objective. Anya bilachita shunyam jnana kramadhyanabritam anukuyena krishnana shilanam bhakti uttama. We want uttam bhakti, but it requires cultivation. And that can take place in any ashram. And as long as we're doing that in Grihastha ashram, then that ashram is as good as sannyasa ashram, as brahmachari ashram, vanaprasa ashram. But if, and this is the difference between Grihastha ashram and Grihamedi. Ashram. <laughs> Grihamedi life, not ashram. <laughs> Grihamedi Medi means that post, like farmers will, will dig a hole on the, in, and uh, put a post and lodge it very strongly in the dirt and attach an ox to it and the ox walks around crushing the grains. So Grihamedi means someone whose whole Focus in life is his griha. My husband, my wife, my kids, my home, my prestige, my money, my social position. Medhi. Don't make these things the center of your life. Make them 
outside your life of Krishna consciousness. There's a place for all of those things, but Krishna is the center. Srila Prabhupada gave a nice example. If you see a very still pond of water and you toss one stone in the center of the pond, the beautiful concentric circles expand from that one circle. Thousands of concentric circles will come from one center because there's one center. So if we make Krishna the center, the home circle can be there, the husband circle, the wife circle, the family circle, the children's circle, social circle, job circle, bank balance circle, car circle. All of our responsibilities can very nicely fit around one center, which is Krishna. But if you make sense gratification and your property and your prestige the center of your life, Grihamedi life, then all of these things, these negative things we read in this verse apply. If you make Krishna the center, they do not apply. As far as we cultivate the qualities of Krishna Bhakti that come from our heart, the dress does not make a devotee. We have to work on these things, cultivate these qualities which conquer Krishna. Yomi Bhakta Samepriya, which make us Krishna Priya, which endear us to Krishna. And this is success in life. So I'll read the verse one more time. Therefore, O demons, give up the so-called happiness of family life and simply take shelter of the lotus feet of Lord Nishingadev, which are the actual shelter of fearlessness. Entanglement in family life is the root cause of material attachment, indefatigable desires, moroseness, anger, despair, fear, and the desire for false prestige, all of which result in the repetition of birth and death. So thank you very much for the opportunity to speak to you today. If anyone has any question, I can try to answer. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Gantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, Dhanat Panam, Jai Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Very nice. Very nice you have any questions? Yeah, I mean, I, I heard the noise from the kitchen, so... Yeah, okay, I thank you, Nick. Pardon? Yeah, yeah you, you wonderfully mentioned how the ideal grasta life should be, Prabhu. That's wonderfully explained. Thank you so much, Prabhu. Yeah, thank you, Nitya Gopal, Prabhu. Thank you, Prabhu. We're all very hostile. So we should understand this. Right, right. Any question? Okay, thank you all. Srila Prabhupada, Kijay, Grantaraj, Srimad Bhagavatam, Kijay, Nitai, Gaur, Nitai, Gaur. Thank you so much, Prabhuji, for this Nectar and Wonderful class. An explanation. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.